God, you Elohim, you the creator, God. And we just thank you for everything that you've done for us, God. Without you, God, we are nothing, God. You're the vine and we're the branches. So, God, as I stand before your people, I have come to realize that it's not about me. God, it's all about you and it's all about what you want to do through me. So, God, I give you permission today to do what you need to do, God. Use me, God, as your vessel. I humbly submit myself unto you today. For I have been, not going to be, but I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives on the inside of me. And for that, God, I give you glory I give you honor and I give you praise in Jesus name. Amen. We're going to continue this teaching um, beginning at Luke, the fourth chapter, verse 23. Let's hear what the spirit of the Lord has to say unto us on today. And while we are going to that scripture, I would like to say I give glory, honor and praise to God for Miss Barbara Aikens back there. She just recently buried her daughter but she's here and I thank God for that because you know sometimes people don't show up in church when they're going through so I know it's God that's keeping her that's carrying her and not only her but others who have lost loved ones I know it hurts I know you're grieving but you know the word of God says let the dead bury the dead and he told him that let the dead bury the dead meaning that The spiritual, the ones that are spiritual, I want you to go out and I want you to continue preaching the kingdom. He said, because those who have set their hands to the plow, he said, if you look back, you're not worthy of the kingdom. So what we supposed to do is keep the gospel of the kingdom preached. Amen. Because people are dying left and right. We don't know what's going to happen from one day to the next, but we want to make sure everybody hears the good news and the gospel. Amen. Luke 4 23 says, this is Jesus speaking. And he said unto them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also. For therefore am I sent. You may be seated. We're talking about sent to preach the kingdom of God. We do not supposed to let anything deter us from preaching, proclaiming the kingdom of God. That is our commission. The only thing that should be keeping us from preaching it is not knowing about it. It's not knowing about the kingdom of God. This is why Jesus was sent. Some people would say the good news is the gospel. But the good news is the gospel, but it's the gospel um, about the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus was bringing. He was proclaiming good news concerning the kingdom, and he was letting people know the only way you can get into this kingdom is through me. So Jesus was bringing the good news. That's why he said, repent, think differently. The kingdom of God is at hand. Why do I keep going over this over and over again? Because it's time for the church to rise up. We are the church. It is time for us to get ourselves um, out of me, myself, and I mode. And we need to think about the ones that are lost. Jesus said he came to seek And save those that are lost. Everywhere we go, we should be like a metal detector. We should be asking the spirit of the living God. I I have come into this store to get this or that. But I know it's somebody in here that may not know you today. 
So Father, allow me to take my mind off of me and put it more on you because God, I want to seek and save those that are lost. Because, oh, did I read Luke? I'm sorry. It wasn't 423 I read? 43. Thank y'all. He come all the way up here to correct me and interrupt me in my sermon. It was Luke 443. Amen. Correction. Now, Holy Spirit, put me back where I was. Amen. So, thank you, God. So we want to make sure that people are where they need to be. So wherever we are, that's where Jesus is. So we have to make sure we know about this kingdom in order to preach the kingdom. You have people going out there preaching the kingdom, but don't know about the kingdom. So they thinking they're preaching the kingdom of God. If you don't know, you're not doing anything to bring people into this kingdom. And we do it through being taught what the word of God tell us. So when Jesus was out preaching the kingdom of God, he knew his commission. He knew what God sent for him to do. He didn't let anything deter him. He didn't let persecution. He didn't let trials or tribulations. When we look at his walk, we see that Jesus went through some things. He went through some things with the Pharisees, the Sadducees, because they were so set in their ways. They were so set with tradition. They were looking at him like he was, they wanted the coming Messiah, but the Messiah that was coming, the anointed one, Christ, they would not receive what he had because they were making their traditions more of an effect than the word of God. He said, your traditions make the word of God of none of effect. They were adding to the word and God said, you don't add to it. You don't take away from it. So we as the church, we teach according to what the word is saying. We don't add to this word just to get people to listen to us. We want them to hear what the spirit of God has to say unto them. You can sit in the church, and I'm saying we are the church, you know, but they are churches. This is just a building. But we can sit here and y'all can listen to me or you can be listening to someone else. If you don't know what the word is saying for yourself, if I'm preaching lies, you take that lie. And you will go out and you will promote that lie because you haven't checked into the word for yourself. Now, it may be some things that you don't have revelation on that God has given me revelation. And you're going by letter, but I'm going by the spirit. See, the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. See, you can't just go in here and read the word and take what you read to say this is what's being said. No, you got to go, you know, take that whole chapter. You got to move backwards and you got to bring it together see that's what studying does for you and every word in the bible don't mean the same i want y'all to know this every word in the bible does not mean the same you see love in the bible but there are different kinds of love if you don't look that up in greek you'll be telling somebody something that the word of god is not saying so we want to make sure we know for ourselves what the word of God is saying. Don't just take it and run with it when you haven't gotten enlightenment on it. When the light of God hasn't shone down on this word to bring change to your way of thinking. So God began to minister to me again. Let's go back through Genesis. In the book of Genesis, I'm going to go through this kind of quickly. And I want to thank my husband for the correction, but when I'm flowing, I have to keep flowing. And 
We'll bring it back in later because I'm pretty sure Thea show it to me, but I thank God for it in the beginning because people get thrown off. Religious folks, that ain't what the word said. You know what I meant. People need to quit their mess. See, that's religion. When you know what somebody means, you don't hold that against them because you think you a scholar. Okay, there's a difference. So we go back to Genesis and we look in the beginning how God created everything. We know in the beginning, God created. That's Elohim. God was here before anything was here. Before anything was created, God existed. That's why he's Jehovah, the self-existing one. His life is not based on anyone else. He was here before anything. Without him, nothing that was made would have been made. We established that in John, the first chapter, amen? We established it even in the first chapter. He created everything the way he wanted it to be. How did he do it by speaking God said God saw and it was good God said God saw and it was good so everything that God said was good there was no evil in it it was made the way God wanted it to be so we get to the point that we look over after God finished what he needed to do man was the last creation and after he finished doing this God the Bible say he rested He rested because everything that needed to be done was done. He didn't have to go do it all over again because he spoke it. It was set the way it needed to be set. It could not be changed because God set it the way he wanted it to be. So God took rest. But then after then, God made man to be a spirit being so he could communicate with man. That's woman. And that is man's because he said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. He did that so we can represent him here on this earth. So then he created man a body, a shell. And I want y'all to understand when we die, the only thing people are going to see is a shell. Because the spirit that gave us life is going back to God. So we see that when he created that shell of man, God began to blow the breath of life into that body and that body became a living soul. The breath of life was his spirit. Come on, y'all. We got the spirit of God on the inside of us. So he became a living soul. Then God took the man. He placed him in the garden of paradise. Come on. He wasn't even in that garden yet. God took him and placed him in that garden. And everything that man needed was inside that garden. He had no pain. He had no sickness. He had no sorrow. He had no disappointment. Man was living in peace. Man had good everything that man had was good there was no evil there but this is what God told the man he said now I'm putting you in this garden now remember Eve was already in Adam he was talking to the woman as well as the man when you look up Adam in the Bible some people look at that oh he the man was created first woman was in man Adam is considered both of them when you look it up in Hebrew look it up See, we miss it, and that's how some people get, God created the man first, the woman wasn't even there. So it should tell you what happened. Mm -hmm. Anyway, we look at this when God began to speak, and he put him in the garden. He said, I want you to take what I have created. 
I want you to watch over it. I want you to keep it for me. So that means that man had a job to do in that garden. He had to upkeep what God had brought into existence. That's what God told him to do. Then he told him of every tree in this garden, you can freely eat of every tree. He said, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. He said, do not eat of that tree. Isn't he a good God? Because if you eat of that tree, you shall surely die. See, man only knew good. There was no evil. They only knew good. So guess what happened? Y'all know what happened in the third chapter. Now, we're getting where God uh, pulled Eve out of the rib of Adam, right? Eve was already there. She was right there by his side the whole time God was talking. And let me give you something else. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Women, you know how we carry our children? Once that baby is in our womb with conception, you know, it takes the man and the woman to do that, right? The man and the woman to do that, right? The man and the woman to do that, right? The word said it. Anyway, when that baby's in your womb, what happens is that baby begin to grow. You can talk to that baby right then and there. Actually, before the baby's even in the womb, parents are already deciding they want to have a child. They're already talking about that child, so they're speaking things into existence that does not exist. They're already giving the child a name, even though they haven't become pregnant yet. The moment they become pregnant, they begin to say, we talked you up. We talked about when we were going to have you, and here you are. So you talking to that baby through that whole pregnancy. So guess, why am I saying that? Eve was already in Adam. So when God was speaking to man, he was speaking to Eve as well as Adam. So God took Eve from Adam, from his side. Where was she? Right by his side. See, men, y'all are forgetting. You're leaving the women out when, you, when you're getting married. So you try to understand that we want to make sure that that man, he does have authority. But that woman has it as well in God's eyes. That's why you work together. You walk alongside one another. Because man don't just make a decision without his wife. A wife don't make a decision without her husband. And a husband don't say, I'm the man of this home. I say what need to go on. And then the woman got to suffer through what the man messed up. Come on, somebody. That ain't the way it's supposed to happen. And then women, you don't supposed to be scared to talk to your husband just because they won't. Let, see, y'all got to understand, being married, we affect one another. We have an effect on one another. See, sometimes we think we know and we know nothing. That's why we have to stay in connection with God so the man and woman can come together the way God created it to be. Because if that man or that woman is out of place with God, that home is going to be out of place. You're going to have some struggles because that man is going to think, I need to do this. And the woman say, we don't need to do it at this time. But I'm the man and that's what we're going to do. So the woman suffer because the man go and do it. Or it might be vice versa. You might have a Jesse in your house and you ain't have but that's not how God created it to be he said I'm going to create you a helpmate. that means Eve was there to carry out with Adam what God wanted to be carried out some people don't want to hear this some people think well ain't no woman going to tell me nothing oh hush your prideful self 
That's pride. That's what got Lucifer, which is Satan today, kicked out of heaven because you say ain't no woman going to tell me nothing. She's just going to sit there and be quiet and hear what I got to say. Who did you marry? Luke, uh, Satan himself. Anyway, we see what the word of God is saying. I'm going to move past this, but I have to move according to the Holy Spirit because somebody need to hear this. See, I got to stir up what's in you that's hidden deep because when the fire begin to burn because you're getting upset because the word of God is going forth, you need to say, I need to be delivered in that area. That's how offense comes. Offense come when the word of God is taught. You become offensive and you begin to black it out because you don't want to hear the truth because you want to continue to do what you do. And that's not in the will of God. So we see that Eve was created. Then we get down to how Satan took the serpent and used him. And we know what happened, y'all. Sin came into the world. They were naked before. They were not ashamed. When they disobeyed God, shame came into the world. Fear came into the world. It came through what? Sin. Is that not correct? So then we go on to the fourth chapter of Genesis where we see that they had two sons, which was Adam, not Adam, Cain and Abel. They had two sons, which was Cain and Abel. By them having these two sons, we know that Adam had to talk to his children and Eve because Cain brought forth, you know, from his ground, his first fruit of his ground. But then Abel brought forth, he shedded blood. So Adam had to teach them and Eve without the shedding of blood. There is no remission of sins, but Cain wanted to do it like Cain wanted to do it. He thought by him giving God of his first fruit that come from the ground, he was okay. But that's not what God asked him for. See, we have to, it's better to um, be, what is it? Obedience is better than sacrifice. Sometimes we sacrifice things and think that we've done a good thing because we've done it. But if you're not being obedient to God, keep your little sacrifice. So we see that God noticed that Cain became angry. He could tell by the countenance of his face. And God began to tell Cain. He said, Cain, sin lies at the door and wait, but you can master it. God was telling him, you don't have to go down like this, Cain. He gave him an opportunity to turn away from his wrath, to turn away from his jealousy, to turn away from his anger. He gave him the opportunity. But guess what King did? He ended up killing his brother. God always give us an opportunity, y'all, to turn away from what we're doing. What is that opportunity? He sends somebody to us to forewarn us, don't do that. If you do this, there are going to be consequences for what you're doing. King did not listen, so he had to suffer the consequences. God put a mark on King's head. He was a vagabond. Nobody could shed his blood, but King had to live that way. So this is where I'm going. So King ended up having an ungodly generation. This is Genesis chapter 4. It's talking about that ungodly generation. And through his grandson, the grandson began to do what Cain did. And he thought it was all right because his granddaddy did it. Do we have that in the world today? Because my daddy and mama did it, it's all right for me to do it. See, that's why you have to raise a child in the way that they need to go. 
Because whatever you do in your house, that child is thinking it's okay for them to do the same thing. So if you in your house cutting the food, if you in your house bringing people in and out the house because you lonely and you need somebody to lay beside you, those children are watching you and they're thinking when I grow up, I can bring somebody in the house to lay, hello somebody. When you thinking that they sleep and you sneaking Steve in on Monday and sneaking Mike in on Tuesday and then on Wednesday you got John and then on the rest of the week you done slept with the whole neighborhood and you thinking your child don't know and when they get on the bus the children are saying which one did she sleep with last night because somebody in their house one of their parents is telling you don't go to that house y'all don't know don't act like you don't know because we got some people ducking and dodging now and think you ain't being seen God sees everything. And some people say, you don't need to be talking about that over there. That's what's wrong. It's not being talked about. In the church, everything is swept up under the rug, and we're coming together in fellowship, and sin starts right at the pulpit. Mm -hmm. Let's continue. So we see what happened. With Cain and Abel. So there was an ungodly line through Cain. That's chapter 4. But when you get to the end of chapter 4, y'all check this out. Chapter 4, verse 25. Now I want y'all to hear this. And it says here, And Adam knew his wife again. Y'all know what that means, right? And she bare, wait a minute. Do y'all know what that means? It said he knew his who? Not girlfriend. Hold it right there. Let's stop right there because some people ain't got it. Wife. Wife. That means that he wasn't committing adultery. He had another child with his. Oh, I got to stop there because I can't move on right now because the Holy Spirit has got a stop sign. For some reason, somebody got to hear this. Adam knew his wife. See, when we're taught well, you can teach somebody, but they still have a choice. You cannot make them do right. They have to choose what's right. But it becomes embarrassing when you know you taught your children the right way to go. And they go the opposite way, so we become shameful. You ain't got nothing to be ashamed of. Because when you know you taught your children well, when they get up to an age of accountability, it is on that child. You can whoop them until their backside is turned blue. But they got a sin nature in them that's driving them and compelling them to sin. What you telling them not to do, that's what they're going to do because that sin nature in them is saying, do it, do it, do it. But we're trying to save them. You can't do it. Only God can do that. Come on, I heard from my dad, my grandparents, my aunts. Heard from all of them about how good God is. But I still want to do my little sneakiness. I was quiet with mine. I didn't make no noise. We got some quiet little snakes slithering. 
Some that don't really cuss. Some that don't really drink. Some that don't really hang out like other people. So everybody looking at them like they so good because they don't party like the rest. But I was still a sinner. But I just didn't do it like you did it. I didn't go buck wild. But if Jesus came, I would have been hell bound. Just like anybody else, I would have been hell bound. I get so tired of people grading on the curve. Because you didn't do this, because you didn't do that, you know you going to heaven. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't a prostitute. I wasn't addicted to nothing. I didn't do all those things. But have you accepted Jesus? No, well you going the same place I'm going if you don't change. Hell. People need to quit their mess. Tell the truth, shame the devil. Come on, we're going to be in there together. You might be on one end of the lake of fire and I might be on the other, but I ain't going to be worried about you. I'm going to be trying to get out. I'm going to be crying for myself. Woulda, coulda, shoulda, and didn't. When you're burning and on fire, you're just trying to get the fire out. Amen, Jamie. Woo! Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You remember when everybody came to you at the time telling you, now Jesus loves you. You don't have to go down that road. Well, Lord, I heard what they said. Too late. Mm -hmm. So let's get back into this. So we see here, I'm, I'm still stuck on this. And Adam knew his wife. So Eve belonged to Adam. Is that what that's saying? Do y'all understand what that's saying? Teresa? You belong to your husband. Nobody else. Nobody else. And Renee, you just belong to God, period, poop. <laughs> That's the end of that. You too, Tisha. All you single women at this point, you belong to God. Don't get your goodies to nobody else. They are goodies. Mm-hmm. I was going to call it something else, but I'm a, uh-huh. Anyway, he knew his wife again. Y'all hear what I said? It's again, because evidently he done been with her and he done had Cain and Abel, right? And it said, and she bare him, she bare a son and called his name Seth. For God said, she has appointed me. Y'all listen at this. Another seed instead of Abel whom Cain slew. Catch the scripture. So you knew it was something wrong with Cain. Cain was not a righteous seed. God uses seed. Good seed. So he said Seth was a good seed. Understand this. God in generations there are good seeds. Y'all hear what I'm saying? They're good seeds that God want to use. So then it goes on to say, and to self, wait a minute, and to self, to him also there was born a son. See, self was that good seed. And he called his name Enos. Then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. God got a plan. See, there was an ungodly line, which was Cain line. So they were doing all kind of mess on the earth. Check it out. But then Adam and Eve, they came together again 
And here comes Seth that replaced Abel. Then from Seth came Enos. And look, God said, now they begin to worship me again. Now they begin to call upon my name. Now they begin to walk according to my word. How did they know the word? Adam. Adam preached to them what happened in that garden. See, this is why when I was growing up, I would hear my granddaddy, my daddy. They talked about God all the time. They talked about the things they went through. They talked about how God brought them out of those things. But it took a while for me to grab hold. But they planted the seed. Understand, they planted the seed. But my heart had to turn And when my heart turned, I began to remember what God was saying through them. So here go the seed. So then we talk about the generation that was coming through who? Seth. Right? So through Seth, there was um, uh, Enoch. I'm I'm just going a little faster. There was Enoch. And the Bible said when you look at 21, well, 22, and Enoch walked with God. He begot um, children, and all the days of Enoch were 365 years, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. So I'm going to tell you about Enoch. In Scripture, it tells us that Enoch preached righteousness. See, that's why you got to study, and you got to follow up, you know, through the Word to know these people knew what was right. This godly line knew what was right. They were preaching righteousness. Go with me to Jude 14 and 15. Jude 14 and 15. And this is what it's saying. And 14 is saying, Enoch, Enoch, the seventh descendant from Adam, counting Adam first, said, prophesied about these people. Look, behold, the Lord is coming with many thousands of his holy angels, holy ones, to judge every person. He's coming to punish, convict all, every person's soul who are against God for all the evil they have done against him. Their ungodly deeds committed in an ungodly manner. And he will punish the sinners who are against God, ungodly sinners, for all the evil, harsh, defiant words, insults they have said against him. Jude appeared to be quoting. Well, we know what he was quoting. Anyway, so we look at this. I'm reading out the expanded Bible. What's happening here is Enoch preached righteousness. It showed that these people were not left to themselves. Just like you're not left to yourself. Someone have to tell you the truth so you can make the right choice. You have the choice of good or you have the choice of evil. You have the choice of the wide road or the narrow road. You have the choice of heaven or you have the choice of hell. You have the choice of life or you have the choice of death. That means there are two kingdoms, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan, the kingdom of light, the kingdom of darkness. You have a choice of which one you're going to choose, right? So we see that the word of God was preached. I want to show y'all that. It was preached. Now I can go into the sixth chapter. God had me to back up some more to give you more of understanding what was going on. So in Genesis, the fourth chapter, that's the ungodly line, starting Genesis 4.25 on up to chapter 5, that's the godly line. Do y'all see ungodly and y'all see godly, right? Ungodly represent evil. Godly represent righteousness. Amen. 
So when you get to six, you're going to understand why this is said that's said, okay? It said in verse six, one, and it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth. Now remember that word, men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them. Now you got to ask yourself, which line is being talked about here? Which line is Moses talking about in verse 1? You're going to catch it in verse 2. Because it said that they began to do what? They began to multiply, right? The number of people began to multiply. This is the ungodly line, y'all. They began to multiply. They had daughters were born unto them. Now listen at verse 2. That the sons of God, you're going to know these are not angels. Hear what I'm saying? Go through your word. Then the sons of God saw the daughters of men. Y'all get it. Sons of God, these are the godly line, self line, saw the daughters of men. This is the daughters of ungodly men. Listen what happened. That they were fair. That means they were beautiful. They were shapely. Ooh, they look good, guys. And they took them wives of all which they choose. You have to go through the word and you have to allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what's being said. You can't take everything somebody is telling you without backup. Now, I want you to check this out. Remember, God created the angels, correct? Did he not? When he created the angels, he did not create the angels to procreate. Hear what I say. He created the angels to be ministering spirits. They are spirits sent to minister to heirs of salvation, right? They bow down before God when, you know, when they're singing in heaven. Listen at this, the angels. So we know the angels' duty, right? All of those angels was up there with God. But Lucifer, y'all know what he did. They said he took one-third of the angels with him. Can I ask y'all something? They're saying that the angels got these women pregnant, right? Okay. Well, check this. Satan have a family too, don't he? How did he get the family? Through lies through deception, what he did was he had to use what God created. Didn't he? So God created male and female. He created the body for male and female. Y'all, we could go into this all day, but I'm going to stop it right there because I'm going to show you what was happening in Scripture to prove to you. Listen to what Jesus said. Remember, these... um, ungodly line and the godly line came together right when let's look at what jesus said catch this in luke 17 26 through 27 listen at what jesus said i'm reading expanded expanded bible just as it was in no when noah lived in the days of noah so it will be when the son of man comes again in the days of the son of man people who did he say he said angels People were eating, drinking, marrying, 
and giving their children to be married or being given in marriage until the day Noah entered the boat, then the flood came and killed, destroyed them all. Look at what Jesus was saying. This is how it's going to be just like it was in the day of Noah. Why did Jesus bring up the day of Noah? Because this is what they were doing in Noah's day. They were taking women left and right, just marrying them, giving them in marriage, which God was saying, you do not marry anyone that's not serving the same God that you're serving. I'm going to show you that in scripture. So what they did, they did opposite to what God wanted them to do. And then it goes on to tell you in Matthew 22, I'm going to break this down. And 22 is talking about, they came to Jesus and asked Jesus, um, this man had died, but he had some brothers. And they, the woman was going to have a child through the brother. But when the brother died, she got another brother. She didn't end up having a child because they was trying to produce a seed. She didn't have a child. She went through all the brothers, didn't have a child, so she died. So this is the question they asked Jesus. Who wife would she be? And the day of resurrection. See, because it was that seed. The seed produces after its kind. Listen at what Jesus said. In verse um, 29, Matthew twenty-two twenty-nine. 29, Jesus answered, You don't understand. Are mistaken, deceived. Because you don't know what the scripture say. And you don't know about the power of God. For when people rise from the dead at the resurrection, they will not marry. Nor will they be given to someone to marry. That means the sex stop. It's over. You know, I believe that's why fornicators and adults are trying to get it in now. <laughs> they read that verse and said, oh God. Oh Lord. Help me, Jesus. I'm too far behind. They will be like the angels in heaven. That means they do not procreate. Point settled. For me it is. But for some of y'all it may not be. So you got to let the Holy Spirit show you because some of us have been hearing from other people reading books that angels was down there having sex and producing these giants. Yeah, some of us was doing this. But remember now, Genesis, the book of Genesis was here before the book of Numbers, right? I'm going to get somewhere with this. Y'all know he destroyed, got rid of that generation, right? Correct? So you telling me them angels were still on earth doing, doing the do? Because in Numbers 13, there were giants. When they went to spy out the land, they said, we saw giants. They were bigger than us. Goliath was a giant, was he not? So we, you have to really go and search the word. You have to ask the Holy Spirit to open up your heart, to open up your eyes. You got to take time in the word of God to be illuminated before you come to your own conclusion. So then we see, y'all understand that part. Let me break it down even some more of what God is saying. To, you have to separate yourself. He was telling them, you got to separate yourself from these ungodly people. When you go to Deuteronomy 7, 2 through verse 6, it's, all, it's also in Leviticus. The Lord your God will hand these nations over to you, and when you defeat them, you must destroy them completely, devote them to the Lord. Do not cut a peace treaty covenant with them or show them any mercy. This is at verse 3. 
Deuteronomy 7, 2 through 6. Do not marry any of them. Any of them or let your daughters marry their sons or let your sons marry their daughters. If you do, those people will turn your children away from me to begin serving other gods. Then the Lord will be very angry with you and he will quickly destroy you. So what is God telling you? This is what you must do to those people. He's saying, tear down their altars, smash their holy stone pillars, cut down their astros, their idols, and burn their idols in the fire. You are holy people who belong to the Lord your God. He has chosen you from all the people on the earth to be his very own, his treasure, his special possession. What is that verse saying to us today? You have to separate yourself. You cannot marry an ungodly person and you are born again. Because they will take you away from God and you will be acting out like they're acting out. You will be drawn to what they do instead of drawn to God. This is today. Some people want to marry people because they look good, because they have money, because they treat me right. But do they know Jesus? Because eventually, whatever they're doing, if they're smoking, if they're drinking, if they're cussing, y'all know what happens. Even godly people that are together. Habits that you didn't have before you met that man or woman, you got the same habit. They had hurt, now you're hurting. They sniffling, now you sniffling. Because you together. Everything he do, you got to do. Everything he eat, you got to eat. Tink so. My husband know me. Nope, I ain't eating it. I don't want it. What did I tell you? You know what my husband tell me? You're just like them walkers. What that's supposed to mean? We can pick on each other like that. And then I look at him and say, you're just like them brats. We just do that. Um, so we see that when you come together, whatever somebody, whomever you associate with, that's what you become. That's what God say. There have to be a separation. You cannot be amongst them. He said, but when you come in these lands, tear down these idols, tear down all of these things that's going to tempt you to do what they do. Now, how can you marry an ungodly person and try to tear down something? You, you really have to call on Jesus. Come on, you get something right, they get something else. They bring it in the house and say, this is my house. I pay these bills. If you don't like it, there's the door. Come on, you're going through something terrible because you say, he loves me. She loves me. If she loves you that much, why ain't she cooking for you, at least trying to cook? Because you know what they say, you know how I was before you married me. Didn't cook before you married me, and I ain't cooking for your behind now. If you want something to eat, cook it yourself. Matter of fact, cook enough for me. Okay. Your Ahab self. That's what you married. For better, worse. And sickness, you're going to be in sickness, not in health, because she's driving you to it. Unto death, it done done your part. Because you read the killer. Mm-hmm. You praying to God, but you see yourself killing her. She's already dead. So we see why we have to separate ourselves, right? That's the old. He, listen at this, y'all. In Proverbs 29, 16, God showed me this. 
When the wicked increase, transgression increases, but the righteous will see their downfall. Did y'all hear what that says? When the wicked increase, transgression will transgression increase. So y'all know what that's saying? When God was saying, do not marry. Because when you marry, transgression is increasing upon the earth. You bringing more bad seed to the earth. So he said, read it again. When the wicked increase, transgressions increase. When the wicked. But the righteous will see their downfall. Now let me give you something in 2 Corinthians in the New Testament. Because some people say that's the old. Well, here's the new. It says, 2 Corinthians 6, 17 and 18. Therefore, leave those people. Come out from their midst and be separated, says the Lord. Touch not that is unclean, polluted, defiled, and I will accept, receive, welcome you. I will be your father and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. What God is saying, we, we don't supposed to be amongst that. We're supposed to separate ourselves from that. So see, if you're hanging around ungodly people, eventually you're going to be doing what they're doing. Well, they just my friend. We just go out and eat. every. But if, if you're not giving them the word of God so they can taste and see how good God is, stay home. You don't supposed to be hanging with ungodly folk and thinking that you bringing change when you're not bringing the gospel. You don't let ungodly folk hang out in your house because eventually you're going to be ungodly just like they are. And they're going to say, what's the point of me being saved? You're doing what I'm doing. So you done lost them because of your lifestyle. Let me give you this scripture. Listen at this. Ephesians 5, 11. Have nothing to do with, take no part in the things done in darkness. Did y'all hear that? which are not worth anything, unfruitful, but show that they are wrong, expose them. This is the problem. Let me read it again. Have nothing to do with, take no part in the things done in darkness. Anything that's in darkness is sin. If you're hanging around somebody and they're committing adultery and they're telling you that they're committing adultery and they're your best friend and you're laughing and say, well, one day you're going to get caught. And you just cutting the food with them like it's nothing and you supposed to be born again. The Bible says that which are worth, worth anything unfruitful, but show that they are wrong, expose them. You supposed to let them know what the word said. You expose it. You don't, oh, I'm, I'm going to get deep with this. Now I'm talking about the unsaved you hanging with. But let's put the Christian folks you hanging with in here. 2 Thessalonians 3, 6 says, Brothers and sisters, by the authority in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we command you to stay away from any believer, brother, sister, who refuses to work or behave himself irresponsibly, lives, walks in idleness, disorder, and does not follow the teaching we gave you, the tradition you received from us. That's the church. If you're hanging around a Christian, they're walking disorderly. They're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. He says, separate yourself from them. Yo, this is the word. Don't get mad at me. If you see a Christian that's always looking for a handout and don't want to work, you can't keep hanging around that Christian.
Christian, because sooner or later you're going to be lazy too. You're going to be waiting on what they're waiting on. They're going to show you how to get it without working. And they ain't going to tell you to call Ghostbusters either. They got every department that they need to call because they're so used to it. Because it's so engrafted in them, but yet they say they know Jesus, but they're living outside of Jesus. I gave you scripture. It's up to you. Now let's move on. See, I'm breaking down these verses to let you know what God is saying because I don't want you to miss it. It's in the word. You can't say I told you something that wasn't true. Now listen, I'm going to verse 3 in Genesis, the third chapter. I'm in Genesis 6, verse 3. Now I want you to listen at what God is saying. Remember, God sent his word. He sent it through Adam. He sent it through Seth. He sent it through Enoch. Enoch, is that his name? He sent the word, did he not? Okay, and guess what he did too? Y'all check this. He sent it through Noah. Because Noah come through Seth's generation, didn't he? So listen at what the Lord said in verse 3. And the Lord said, my spirit shall not always scribe with man. For that he, is, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. Guess what God was saying? Now I had to ask God this question. I said, hold up, God. When Adam and Eve sin you took the life of God from them they were separated that was your spirit your spirit is life so over here you saying that my spirit would not always scribe with man so God if you took your spirit why are you saying that he said because I sent men with the spirit that come upon them to preach righteousness they did not take heed to righteousness for 120 years why? Because flesh, they desired fleshly things more than they desired godly things because I told them what would happen if they intermingled. So guess what? I'm taking away my spirit from them because it's already been said and done. Meaning that in the Old Testament, the spirit come upon, it was not in. So God had to use that to bring forth his word, right? He said, they are flesh. They are fleshly. So I have to take this away. He preached it for 100, and that's where the 120 years come from. They were told this 120 years. 120 years. They refused to listen to God. Look now, hold it. The godly line. Mixed with the ungodly line when they knew what the word was saying. So God said, my spirit cannot scribe with man because you ain't hearing what I'm saying. Y'all, this is what's going to happen to the ones that are hearing this word right now. And they don't want to take the word for what it is. If you die before the rapture. And the word was presented to you and you're not taking it. I get so tired of people putting people in heaven. They put them in heaven because of the good they done. Let me give you a scripture. You can do all the good you want. We got some sinners doing more good than the righteous people. Go with me to Romans 3. I'm going to read it right out of the book. 
Romans 3, verse 10. As it is written, there is none righteous. No, not one. There is none that understand. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are all together become unprofitable. There is none that do good. No, not one. Their throat is an open sculpture. With, with their tongue they have used deceit. The poison of Asaph is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. In the way of peace have they not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Y'all hear that? You got people putting people in heaven, but they were still living on earth even though they were doing good things out of the will of God. Fornicating, lying, cheating. When you accept Jesus, understand this. I don't know about you. I just know about me. When you truly accept Jesus with your whole heart, well, we're going to get there. So y'all know where I'm at, right? I got to save this point. Y'all know where I'm at, what Jesus said, God said he was going to do, right? So look at verse 5. We already fixed verse 4 through 1 and 2. And then it said, and God saw the wickedness of man. Look how great it was, y'all. It was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. So everything he thought about. It was evil. Continually. Sin became so much a part of them, y'all, it didn't bother them. Have you ever been in a situation that you're doing stuff all the time and you have made it so much a part of you, you don't even see that it's sin no more? Because you think it's normal. It's the way you should live. But then when somebody walk up to you, saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost people, and tell you that's not what the words say. Now you're taking offense because you've done this for a long time and nobody ain't said, my past ain't saying nothing to me. Why are you saying something to me? Somebody got to tell you the truth. So this is what he said. It was evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man. Yo, God was grieved. It repented him. He had sorrow in his heart. Do anybody in this room, when you see people sinning, when you see people going through the same thing, just on a different day. Is your heart grieved? Let's just be honest. Because if your heart is really grieved, you're not going to let those people stay in that mess. You're going to bring them truth according to the word. You're going to speak truth in, according to the word in love. You're not going to bypass them and let them keep doing what they're doing because you know that God wants all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So you're not going to sit there and hang out with them and they got a different man, a woman on their arm. It's just a different day of the week. You ain't going to do that. You ain't even going to let them bring it in your house. Hey, mom, this is Mary. Hey, mom, this is Sue. Hey, mom, this is Lulu. Hey, boy, come here. It's better to marry than to burn. And that burning is not in hell. It's in your lust because sooner or later it's going to turn into hell. And that burning ain't going to stop. Hello, somebody. I was talking to somebody on the phone and, and as I was talking to him, when I started talking, Jesus, oh, no, it scared me. I don't want to hear it. 
I say, but you're going to. Because I want to tell you what Jesus came to do for you. And if you're not accepting what he has come to do for you, then this is what you're accepting. And I don't want you to go this way. God loves you so much. He's t- Y'all, you can't make people. But you don't participate in what people are doing either. No, you can love them. But you don't participate in what people are doing and say just because the world says okay. That you can't say nothing. This is what's happening today. They don't want you to say it's not, it's not okay. They want you to go along with it's okay. Yes, people do have a choice. But I got to tell you that God wants you to make the right choice. Even if you don't accept what I'm telling you, when I stand before God, I got to answer God. When I see you out of place, I got to answer before God to say, why didn't you tell them? You had the opportunity. Well, the government said. I'm the government. Why do y'all think those men and women got martyred? Because they didn't go down like that. They trusted God more than they trusted man. They could not stand. Don't go. I don't want to hear that. Don't tell me that was the Old Testament. Jesus fulfilled it. He didn't do away with it. Oh, please. It's heated up in here. And it ain't the heat. Church, we got a problem. You know how they up there in the moon. They're getting ready to get blowed up. First one they call is NASA. 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 He ain't got no signal. He ain't got no signal. Just say your prayers and die. But you can call on Jesus. And he's above NASA. He's above science. And when they mess up, you said, I can call on you and you're going to answer me. You're going to tell me what to do. Because I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. I'm a part of the kingdom. And check this, y'all. Go somewhere else. We don't get mad at one another. Because I'm believing what I believe is true. And you not believing it. We're both Christians. I'm not going to get mad at you because that's where you are. I'm going to love you. And I'm going to cut it off and say, you know, we're just going to pray for one another. Because what I believe is what I believe. And I'm not changing what I believe. But both of us going to know who's right. Because whatever God says, that's what he's going to do. See, when you go along with ungodly things and you try to make it godly, you're going down. Because right is right. You do not tell people anything opposite of this word. The word is the word and it does not change. You got to tell them the truth to give them a choice to change. You cannot agree with them and tell them it's right. If somebody walked up to me and asked me, I want to marry another man, is it right? No, it is not right. But you have a choice who you want to marry. I'm just going to tell you what's not right. But the choice is yours. Period, Pooh. I had to put that in there. See, some people understand that language. Period, Pooh. You're supposed to tell them, but they make the choice. You don't supposed to agree with them and say, welcome home. 
Because you're just as guilty as they are if you're not telling them the truth. You can't beat it over their head. Don't you do that. You're still supposed to love them, but you don't go with what they're doing. Why do you think God brought Lot and them out of Sodom and Gomorrah? Come on. But the wife, she wanted to look back because that's where she wanted to be. He said, don't you look back. We're supposed to be the salt of the earth that does not lose is what? She turned into a pillar of salt. Why? Because God said, you see the salt that's supposed to be what? I want you to look at how she ain't. Because she looked back. Whoever put their hand to the plow and looked back is not fit for the kingdom of God. You got to love God more than you love your husband, your wife, your children, your cat, your dog, your boo. And if you don't, you ain't where you need to be. Mm -hmm. So that's why my God was grieved. Because he said, this is not the way it's supposed to be. I'm giving them the way they should go. And they're refusing that way. So I'm so grieved with man. I'm getting ready to wipe them out. I'm getting ready to blot them out. I'm getting ready to start over again. Because their wickedness is so wicked. But the Bible says, but Noah, somebody say, but Noah, say, but me, but me, but me, myself and I found grace in the eyes of the Lord. See, don't tell me you can't stay in a wicked world and still do right. It was great wickedness. It was so towed up, but Noah found the grace of God. He hung on to God's grace, his mercy, so God could use Noah. Noah preached it to him. He did. He did what he's supposed to do. Are we doing what we're supposed to do, y'all? Are we preaching righteousness? Are we speaking truth? Are we telling people truth? Are we telling people what they want to hear? We're not telling them full truth. We're telling them partial truth because we don't want to lose family and friends. Tell them the truth. And if they don't accept it, the blood is off of your hands. You can't talk to people like that. So Noah. He was righteous before God. Let me get deeper here. Listen at this right here. Verse 12. And God looked upon the earth and behold, it was corrupt. Listen how it got corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. Look at that. Anything you can imagine was right there upon the earth. That's not the way God created it to be, y'all. Why am I breaking this down? Why am I taking time to do this? Because some of us don't understand salvation. Some of us don't understand God's way. Some of us are still on that wide road and say we love Jesus. I beg you to differ. Some of us are still hanging with people that's disrespecting the God that's in us. That's still doing what they want to do, but they disrespecting the God that's in us later for you. 
You're not going to disrespect my God. You're not going to come in my house and cussing. You're not going to come in my house smoking. You're not going to be doing all that because that's not who I am no more. So I need to check myself because if you disrespecting me, you disrespecting the God in me. So there need to be a change. No. How many of y'all let your children... Well, let me rephrase it. How many of y'all, I'm going to say it, let your children come in your house? Some people do. Sit down. Take a glass of wine. Here, take a beer. You want to smoke? How many of us Christians allow them to come in the house and take a seat and disrespect your house? Blast the music. Play all perversion on your TV and you sitting there and say, what's going to happen next soon? Is she going to take off more soon? And the wife sitting right there. Let the children come in the house and rule and reign. Disrespecting your God. No, 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 no. We don't do that. No, we, we show some respect. That's what we do. Y'all, not boasting or bragging, but my little grandkids, they're, they're just so sweet in their own little way. But that little Jada, keep her lifted up before Jesus. That's my bold baby there. That's my bold baby, y'all. She's something. But they know me. They know me. They know when I'm studying, they don't bother me, Ma. So this is what Yana do. She'll call me. she say, me, Ma, are you through studying? Do you mind if I come to your house? So nicely. They don't just barge in to the house because they know what I do. Because I explained to them, little, very little, I explained to Yana. She asked me, Mima, what are you doing? Or we go somewhere and I'll be praying in my heavenly language. And she'll say, Mima, what's that? I explained it to her. She said, can I do that? I said, of course, baby, let me show you. You know, I, I got her, you know, in that. So she know what I'm doing. Then Jada will tell me, hush me, ma. <laughs> hush me, ma. <laughs> See, two of the opposite. I said, I'm not hushing. I'm not hushing. I'm going to lay hands on you. Don't touch me, me, ma. I said, I'm going to get that thing out of you. Ain't nothing in me, me, ma. Two of the opposite. Then Jonah called me. Me, my lay hands on Jada. <laughs> but they know me. They know my lifestyle. And even my son respect me. He don't just, just uh, come to the house and open the garage and tell them to run in. No. He'll call out of respect. Are you busy right now? Do you mind if I drop them off while I do so-and-so? Why? Because he know me. See, we got to understand that sometimes we can miss it with our children being saved. That's when we need to stop and say, Lord, what did I miss? And show me what to do. God, if I can't reach them, send somebody that can because I don't want my children lost. You said when you save me, you'll save my whole household. So, Lord, help me so I can help them. We don't want nobody lost, y'all. We need to quit playing these games 
We are the church. We supposed to be preaching kingdom and church folks act like they don't care now. How do I know? Because soon as they set, shut down the churches, everybody disappeared. The ones that supposed to know Jesus disappeared when in hibernation like a bear. Didn't want to come out. Because they said if you, look what the devil did. If you go in the churches, that's where you're going to catch it, mainly at. Sitting in the churches. Oh, I got something to tell y'all. How many of y'all been to a funeral? You see how you spaced out up in here? I'm going to put your light bulb on. You go to a funeral and you're looking like what? Sardines. I, I, I don't even say it's family. You don't know what your family doing? You ain't even been around them family before somebody died. Now all of a sudden in my family and you're sitting like sardines in a can. But you don't, but you, you saying I still can't come to church cause the government ain't released me yet. <laughs> but the funeral home did. Everybody fellowshipping except the church. But we got to stay away from church. Save people too. Did y'all hear what I say? Save people who quoting Psalms 91 going to the funeral home but can't come to church. And then they're saying, but he's that same God. Not for you, he ain't. He only God in the funeral home, not in the church. Then you can show up at a funeral, but you can't show up at... Maybe I need to start putting dead bodies up here. At least I can get you on viewing day. At least I can get you to come in and get a piece of a word. And so you good because you don't go to funerals. <laughs> she don't go to nobody's funeral. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, what's wrong with the church? You do what you want to do. When you want to do it. And I don't think nobody quit work. Everybody going to get that paycheck. Because if I die, I got to have burial. Y'all better screw these light bulbs back on. You in restaurant? And, and y'all, they, they done opened up the whole state. Whole state. People do, And people say, they crazy. They crazy. Maybe they trying God. And somebody said, I hear somebody said, and they're going to die too. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, it's time for the church to be the church. If you're going to talk Jesus, be about Jesus. Yes, all of us take precautions. They go a stop sign. We know we have to stop. If we don't stop and go through the stop sign, somebody can hit us, then we could die. But I want to make sure you're ready before you go out. Right? We all take precautions. Before the pandemic, I pray some of you was using hand sanitizer. Because if you wasn't, you're using it up like crazy and these people getting paid. You hear what I say? You're using more wipes. You're using, just collecting everything. You never had no money, but your pantry is full of toilet tissue wipes and all this stuff. But you never had nothing to give to the church. Yo, open your eyes. Church had to beg you for $10. 
Walmart, you go in there and you spend 50 or 60 just on toilet tissue, sanitizer. Do you see what the world is coming to? Do you see how the world is even grabbing Christians? They're falling away from the God that they say they truly serve. Nobody don't need to try to come behind me and justify nothing. Because if you know you doing what you do is right, that's you. That's you. Keep doing what you're doing and live. If that's how you live, live. Only thing I'm saying is we need to quit leaving out God's way of doing things. And we're doing more of what the world want to do instead of what God would have for us to do. And that's what I'm going over through this word. God never changed y'all. He will be with us even until the end. He will never leave us, nor shall he forsake us. People has, have gotten things wrong when it comes to salvation. They think they can live any kind of way and call on the Lord and they go into heaven. That's a lie. Because in that case, why do we need to be saved? Why did Jesus pay the price for sin if we can continually live in sin? Do you know that where sin abound, grace abound much more? So why would I want to live in sin if the price was paid for sin? Because I haven't truly accepted him as my Lord and Savior. Because when I really do, when I fall, I'm getting back up. I'm saying, Lord, that was not right. Lord, I'm having a change. I'm thinking differently, and I'm not going back that way no more. No matter how good it felt, I, 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 you ain't tempting me with that no more because I know whom I serve. I know whom I believe, and I, you're not changing my mind no more. Don't come to my house with that foolishness. I have a friend, and his name is Jesus, and if you was a friend, you wouldn't be bringing all this mess to my house. Telling me I need a man because you got five. It's probably one of yours you're bringing to my house. That's not me no more. That's not who I am. I fell in love with a man that can do more for me than anybody can. And the more I know about him, the more I'm clinging to him. The problem is we don't know him. Because when we know him, we won't keep doing the same thing. If a man love you, women, hear what I say. If a man love you that much, and they say they know Jesus, why haven't they married you yet? Because they're getting the goodies free. They already had a taste of it. You can be kept. If you want to be kept. Because the Holy Ghost will keep you if you want to be kept. If you want to be kept. But if you want to be used and abused and be like a rag doll. Come here, come here. That's up to you. It's time for change, church. Don't come in here and get the word and go out and live the same way you've been living. There's supposed to be change. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise.